Howdy ho, all you Ranger Joes and Josephinas. It's your girl, Anita the Rock Samoilovich, with a little preamble to our episode. First thing on the docket, we are on an Apple Podcasts right now. So if you can go over there, give us a little rate, give us a little review, that would be much appreciated. Look, I'm not asking you for money, right? Just a little click, a little tippy tabby type. It's all good. Next is that this episode will be handling topics of predatory behaviors on young girls and awkward and uncomfortable sexual situations. So if that bugs you out, if that makes you uncomfy, girl, you don't have to listen to this episode. It's not the end of the world. It's okay. You can just exit on out. It's all good. Last thing is that, oh God, I'm going to apologize for two things. Does that come as a surprise to anyone? I sure hope it doesn't. First being my excessive use of the word like, because even though I edit these episodes where I leave as much filler out of it as I can, girl, there are just too many times where I say, and like, and like, so I was like, yeah. (laughs) And the second thing is that in this episode, I take a big old dump on men. Listen, if you're a guy and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I guess emotions were running high. I was in a vulnerable state. I do not think so low of all men. Please believe me and please take what I say in terms of dumping on y'all in the episode with a grain of salt. Be it kosher, be it sea, it's all Gucci in the coochie. All right, thanks for listening. And if you can enjoy the episode after hearing all this nonsense, girl, you're a winner in my book. Samoilovich, and welcome to the Feature Femmes podcast. In this podcast, I sit down with a guest to discuss a movie that either stars a woman, was directed by a woman, or both. We then assign the movie to a genre and give it a rating based on that genre. We plug that in to my beautiful spreadsheet, and you can find that spreadsheet in the show notes or in the bios of our Instagram or Twitter at Feature Femmes. So without further ado, here is my guest. She is a filmmaker and screenwriter in NYC, a recent Emerson grad, Kara Cassier. Hi, Anita. How's it going? It's going all right. The room's going to get slightly warmer as we talk. I know. Because I turned off the AC. But hey, that's like good good quality. Thank you for having me. It's going to literally put you in the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> as we sweat it out talking about women in filmmaking, which I think well, will be really call cleansing. It, could you call it women in filmmaking though? Because the movie was made by Bo Burnham. That's true. Women women in film. Yes. Women. This is one of those cases where it's written and directed by a man, mm-hmm. which is pretty But he did a good job. He did a really good job. So the movie we're talking about is Eighth grade, I'll give some stats. It was written and directed by Bo Burnham, and it's on this podcast because it stars Elsie Fisher. This movie was made in 2018. It had a budget of about $2 million. Opening weekend, it made about $264,000 and a total like domestic gross of $13.5 million. And I believe it only showed domestically, so... Yeah. 
you know, she made her money back and then some. She really did, and especially considering $2 million, that's really cheap these days to make a film. Um, Oh, definitely. You definitely, it was a really great budget for this film. Um, You can tell by watching it that it didn't need anything fancy. It really didn't. um, I was just listening to an interview with Bo Burnham, and they tried to use as much practical effects as possible. Which we need which we need so he really he really took a great approach to it and i'm always a big fan of looking at these smaller films and one hoping that they get a return on their investment for sure um but i think it also is showing a larger point that you don't always need big fancy computers and such to tell a really great story exactly i love that so this movie eighth grade you Mm -hmm. chose it what is your background with this movie so i didn't get a lot of press from it when it first came out but immediately when i saw the trailer i was drawn to it one of the reasons i decided to pursue a career in filmmaking was actually because of the films that john hughes made 1980s with um, a lot of his focus on teenagers and some of the reality and humanity that comes from that age group and we're slowly seeing a like a resurgence of that coming about now in the 2010s. And I think eighth grade, eighth grade and Lady Bird, I think were really two films that kind of really kicked it off. And now we're seeing films like Booksmart. And I think that's going to start something really new and fresh. And especially since it's starring primarily women and, you know, Booksmart's directed by Olivia Wilde. So it was a really good start. And what an interesting period of time, both right now in the world and also a time that everyone experiences to focus an entire film on. So I thought that that would be a really interesting place to start. I rewatched it before coming to the pod and I enjoyed it just as much the second time as I did the first time and even felt even more intense emotions with it as we watched Kayla, Elsie Fisher's character, sort of go through this week before she graduates. Yeah, it's a very small amount of time, which mm-hmm. I dug. My relationship to this movie, I'd heard about it and I've seen Bo Burnham stuff, whether that mm-hmm. be little vines that he'd make or his uh, stand-up. But I don't know, I just never got around to watching it until this morning. <laughs> and Jesus Louise, I was not expecting to cry. Like, yeah. gee, and like that, yeah, that time of eighth grade in middle school... I think eighth grade for me personally got a little better, but that's because I found my little clan of nerds like she does. Mm-hmm. Granted, I love Star Wars, but I my friend group was not like a Star Wars. They were the anime homestuck. Yeah. That crowd. That was my crowd. Me too. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> we both had an anime phase in middle school. Oh my God. What, what we're learning. What animes were you watching? I wasn't watching any. I was reading manga, actually. <gasps> Sexy. We had... Um, Women who read. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the teachers... I forgot who it was. She started an anime book club by popular demand of the students. <laughs> and I had two friends who wanted to do it. So I, love I your joined friends. in. I love you for joining. But I became that asshole who... Like, the popular kids would come up to me and they'd be like, why are you so interested in anime? And I'd be like, it's not anime, it's manga. And I now I look back and I'm I, like, I can't believe love, this. No, I love you for that. Eat my dip. So, this probably just got ten times louder. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not on my fix period, but I'm feeling it. Right, fix it in <laughs> post. I'm the one. I need to do this. Yeah, I need to do this. Ah. Yes. That's a sign. Literally... Taurus, wait, yeah. I keep forgetting. I've asked you this so many. No. Oh, Libra. Mm-hmm. Okay, sexy. Yeah. So let's dive in. We're just going to take this movie 
through the plot and as we go along we're gonna discuss yeah so it opens up with kayla doing a youtube video via webcam which bless her soul bless her so much what an interesting opening yeah i thought there's two things that come to mind for me with that one is for the second time i was able to view this bo burnham and the cinematographer really do a good job of zooming in this uh, film we start off with her like really close in on her face which i think is just like it makes me feel very like we're microscopically analyzing her which is a lot of the theme of this film is she feels like she's, and anyone in eighth grade just feels like everyone's looking at them all the time. Mm-hmm. And we sort of, we pan out and this also happens, we can talk about later when she shows up to the pool party, is she gets sort of a wider reality, which is a great use of the zoom. That was a really good zoom from the, the sliding door. Oh my yeah. gosh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's just, it's really well done. And a lot of times that particular camera movement I can find can be a little um, gratuitous and it's hard hard to make it look genuine mm-hmm. but i think it's used so well and not take you out of the moment exactly and i really love that and i it, i'm really fascinated with this film by someone who's making it who isn't in the generation that he's focusing on and we i think you and i we like straddle gen z and millennials I yeah think it's hard to oh say. my god i love straddling things i love straddling things too and in this in particular because i had this thought when i watched it this time which was when she's making this youtube video when i was in eighth grade that didn't even occur to me as something I could have as an outlet even mm-hmm. though YouTube existed yeah and I was watching other YouTubers it was not to the same degree at least in my experience as what we're seeing now yeah with makeup tutorials and so it's influencer so, culture so scary like yeah that, that shit scares me and how like especially with like the influencers that kids think that oh so i'm just gonna move out to la and like and that's what i'm gonna pursue which i mean follow your dreams or whatever but like also they need a little reality check but also it was really cute that she was following like the makeup tutorial as she's doing her morning makeup and like her they started filming this right after elsie fisher left eighth grade Mm -hmm. so she was just around the right age and her face and her body look like a real person. <laughs> yeah. She's an incredibly talented actress, but she's not like a Disney child actor that's mm-hmm. been like put through a machine. And she was Agnes processed. on Despicable Me. Was she really? Yeah. Oh my God. I was going to say that in the beginning, but I forgot. I, re- I retract the Disney comments. Well, well, no, that's Illumination. Girl, I know oh. my animation studios. <laughs> and that was Illumination. So she was Agnes in Despicable Me. And then she's also going to be uh, Parker oh, yeah. in the upcoming Adams Family movie, which I'm a little titillated about. That should be I, fun. Have, have you seen the trailer? No. <gasps> so they're doing a new Adams Family movie, but it's it's animated and mm-hmm. it's the the character designs are based on the act like the original comics. Nice. So that kind of I don't know Wednesday kind of looks just ugly but you know they're just staying true to it so that's nice yeah so i'm a big fan i'm a big fan of and in any filmmaking but especially with stuff that's driven by women is that like of course there's some very beautiful and talented actresses out there and not that elsie fisher is not like she's an adorable little girl but i think there's something to be said of like someone who just looks like someone you would see all of the time, everywhere. Preach. Just the, the the idea of normalcy is something that I think like Bo Burnham really played with a lot in this. Mm-hmm. I love the the opening credits when she's arriving at school. You see like a girl playing with like her brace wires. Oh, that and was all so of this like real cringy yeah. like stuff. But it's like oh well, everyone does that. 
Right. Going back a little bit to what you were saying about um, this generation and how they grew up with all the technology and stuff. Like I, I got my first phone when I was like in eighth grade, kind of out of necessity because I started hanging out with my youth group and stuff more and we needed to call my mom. It was a flip phone and I shared it with my sister, but I, I used it all mm-hmm. the time. But Bo Burnham in particular, he is, well, he's very young, mm-hmm. one. And he also, he got his start via YouTube videos himself, like making these silly songs. And he has a Tumblr and stuff. So he is already where, like, you know, ask any other, like, big name director. They have no, they have no clue what these kids are up to. That makes me think also of the dad character uh, in the movie. Makes me think of my mom. Like, there's so much that kids are learning now and they always are learning that, the parents are just so out of touch. They just don't have any idea what these kids are exposed to and what they're putting out there. Ter- like terrifying ex- thing that happened to me the other day when I was <gasps> sitting on the subway. Oh, fun. Where I was sitting next to a boy who must have been in middle school. I'm actually terrible at aging children, despite the fact that I take care of them. <laughs> Big mood. Biggest mood. But he had to be between like 10 and 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was on Snapchat. Which is just bizarre to me. There's a comment that's made when... I'm jumping ahead a bit, but I was thinking about it with social media. Is this idea of like, what's the cool thing to use? Yeah. And he was using like an attachment to social media. I was like spying on him basically. Like I was like, what the hell could you possibly be doing? Yeah. Like what in your life is interesting? And he was using an attachment that posted questions that people who saw his Snapchat could answer. Uh-huh. But I was just like, what? what? <laughs> You're on the train. Like, what's going on? Also, you don't get reception in the train. <laughs> you don't get reception in the train. And like, I have this thing in general with children using phones. I'm a big fan it of like, read me, a book. Yeah. Um, it makes, which maybe it makes us sound like, like fuddy duddies, like yeah. old time, but it really like, also I'll see someone just sitting and their kids in the stroller holding their phone and the kids like tap, tap, tap away. I'm like, how do you know how to do this? And I'm like, aren't you afraid the kid's going to like drop your phone? Um, but this kid was doing that and it made me think of the, you know, what's cool right now with when Kennedy's mom invites Kayla to the pool oh, party yeah, yeah. and she says, she asks um, Kennedy, uh, could you invite her on Facebook? And she's like, mom, like, Nobody uses Facebook anymore. Which is so, it's so true. And like maybe two years ago, that wouldn't have been true really. Yeah. Like Facebook was my first like social media thing that I got before I even know what social media was. Right. I think it was everyone. I mean, see, like it's such a weird age. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But you and I grew up in a time where there was a computer room. Yeah. And you'd go and also limit yourself to like half an hour. That just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. My parents wouldn't let me use back to back to circling to anime i my parents would not let me have a picture of myself as my first profile picture oh so i had like an anime character hot i forgot which one hot i did did, what color was the hair that's all i wanted um i think she had red hair okay so she didn't look like she didn't look like me at all Uh uh-huh um and then i think on my own i eventually changed it because i was like did you ever cosplay I was never that deep into it. I truly, a lot of it was like, I read the books I'm and I thought that they were pointed in you. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, part of it was like, it was actually one of the first times like I experienced something with, because my friends liked it. And then I just decided on my own, it wasn't for me. Oh. Like I did it. I, there was parts of it that I enjoyed, but then like my, I had friends who were really into the show and the manga Death Note. Okay. And mm-hmm. I watched that yeah. and I was like, mm. 
Yeah. I like the idea. It's not really for me, but they were like so into it that it was almost like a little, a little suffocating. So I was like, I need to back away and find some other stuff that I am particularly into. And slowly and but surely I like broke away from it. But that, that's not to say anyone who reads anime, I, I dislike you. It's oh, just no, like good for you, not. not for me. I mean, that just makes me think of this one vine, which this movie is so chock full of like pop culture references that it's not in an emoji movie cash grabby kind of way it's like this is the real shit that like kids are experiencing like jumping ahead so uh, Kayla gets ready for school Mm -hmm. and then she um, comes to middle school there's an assembly and they announce her to be the most quiet kid in school and then she gets a package from herself is like a time capsule and it says to the coolest girl in the world and I cried but during the assembly whenever like no adult was talking the kids just shout in like Oh, what was it? LeBron James! LeBron James! <laughs> and what was the other one? I wrote it down. Eat my dick. There. I think before, the other one that's um was before our time as a social media reference, but makes sense for her, her age to have, is she does the makeup, right? Mm-hmm. And then she goes back into her room. Yeah. And gets into bed, like, very carefully and does a Snapchat of, I woke up like this. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Which is, like... We didn't do that. No. We didn't even have... I don't think that the idea even crossed my mind to take pictures of myself in a way to like look like, oh, I just woke up, but look at how great right. I look. So thanks, Beyonce. <laughs> just kidding. I absolutely love you. You're a queen if you're if you're listening. Um, oh, boy. We, <laughs> just in case she ever... mom's fi- listening. <laughs> just in case she ever finds it, you know. You know, If yeah. Title decides to, to sign us. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about that as another like real indication too and it's it's scary it's interesting it's terrifying that kids in that generation and even us too again we're we're really straddling that there's this idea to constantly manipulate yourself and your life yeah in a way that you always look like you've got your shit together and it's like you're you're 13 like nobody shits together no one has shit to get Get together together. yeah like I like self-reflect sometimes on how I'm perceived on social media and stuff like I don't know like just yesterday someone was like oh I like your uh Instagram story updates it sounds like living in the city is fun and I'm like I'm doing jack shit up here I'm crying every day you never know really how you're perceived by right. other people so you know who knows what people think I'm doing in my life but even me knowing that about myself still when I see other people like and what they post on social media I'm like damn they're so great I wish I had that life and it's just and that's what I really don't like about what I call influencer culture is God, this idea the worst. that like I'm sorry. people and there's some that I do follow that I just genuinely like as people but I keep an arm's length from their life for mm-hmm. me but it's just the idea that like everything is is like all their photos are perfect. Here's them traveling. Here's them doing all these like brand um brand deals. Brand deals and all this stuff. Which is like I can't imagine growing up with that. Like we got introduced to it as that's scary. That's like, their post high school. That's their adults. crazy art. Call one eight hundred blah 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 and ask a parent or guardian. That's what that's, that's what exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect example of that. Is like people are now getting their content no longer from just television but from the internet. I don't think anyone 
anyone gets it from television at all at this point, really. You know, oh, I remember those call 1-800 I know, in the blue background. Sexy. Loved it. Yeah. I also have a thing to say about the superlatives. One, I never did superlatives in... We we didn't have superlatives in middle school. That seems a little... But, you know, plot. But the category of best eyes makes me hoot and holler. One, what is this eugenics bullshit? Yeah. For best eyes. I think they do that because they're afraid, like, because I knew, okay, low key, I was madly in love with this person in high school Mm -hmm. at one point who won best eyes. Mm -hmm. He had very, very pretty eyes. And I think they're afraid because they give it to a boy and a girl of saying the word prettiest eyes. But literally that's what the award is. Best eyes sounds like, oh, everyone (laughs) needs to, you got to work harder to get your eyes eyes to be this level right it's just best eyesight best eyes and then we see the boy she's crushing on aiden we're jumping ahead but his belly button freaks me out (laughs) did you see it i he just always looks sleepy to me i don't know what they did to that poor child during production if maybe they were like you can't have anything caffeinated as like an actor and they're like use it yeah i think it's the shape of his eyes and i don't mean to sound like whatever about it but he just to me i think his his character is very just like oh yeah no he like lethargic but yeah he he looks so sleepy he also didn't speak much he looks like sleepy the 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 dwarf yeah that's what he would be cast as (laughs) if we ever did a live action snow white in the school play and so oh and in the box that she sends herself we see a little spongebob toy we don't know what it is yet yeah Chekhov's spongebob <laughs> it really is Chekhov's spongebob i forgot when i first saw it i was like this is significant i do want to jump back bo burnham's use of music in this film is incredible so good i and love it one of my favorite ways that he did it is something that i was when we first see Aiden uh-huh. is it just has this yeah. like really high volume like yeah. EDM track that's uh-huh. used almost like his theme yeah. throughout the film every time he like locks eyes with mm-hmm. Kayla mm-hmm. for a moment which I just think like great use of I don't really care for that kind of music but I think it was the most indicative of that feeling not necessarily just like a happy pop song but just this overwhelming just like it hits you right kind like of feeling yeah it hits you and then but then as we see he's walking and then it's dead silent yeah. like interesting like sound editing i love that it kind of harkens back though to like uh movies in the early 2000s where the boy would see the pretty girl you know what's the first one that comes to mind max keeble's big move have you ever seen that i think so it's a monstrosity of a movie <laughs> even my mother couldn't like sit to watch it it was just awful but he sees the pretty girl and starts playing like something like oh baby baby something like that you know yeah. some like pop song and then it's like slow motion she walks so it's that but updated yeah and I, yeah, I loved it. I loved the music. The music, which I first I thought was by Bo Burnham, because that's actually how Bo Burnham like got his start was by making songs. But no, so maybe this movie wasn't written by a woman. Maybe this movie wasn't directed by a woman. But it was scored by a woman. Her Hell name yeah. is Anna Meredith. So, mm-hmm. or Anna. Yeah. It's Anna or Anna, but Miss Meredith, you did the Lord's work. We love it. Especially since film scoring, I can attest to, is one of the concentrations in filmmaking besides like what we call the above the line work. So directing, screenwriting, producing, that is still very skewed male. Oh, yeah. I mean, I others. love myself a good film score and some of my favorite composers are men. But whenever I hear that a, wo- a movie is like scored by a woman, I'm like, 
hell yeah like yeah it's just it makes me happy speaking of women and scoring and also women in this film i think it's important that we talk about the scene with the enya song orinoco flow um which you might know is the song that's sail away sail away sail away when it first started i'm like are we is this heathers like it really (laughs) sounded like is this the heathers score that was just so well done i didn't know who that was first i believe i had shazam on when I watched the film for the first time. Smart. <laughs> and it's one of those songs that like you don't think about it too much but it fits so well in the background as mm-hmm. she's just scrolling and going deeper and deeper into the internet. Yeah. Which was such a great choice for that. Mm-hmm. That scene also was really interesting because I took a second look at it and I really tried to look at what they chose for exactly. her to be doing. Exactly. You learn about the character through her interests and stuff in such an easy like clean way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know there's plenty of movies that like have people go on the internet and it just it just falls flat it's cheesy but this way it really captured the feeling you're right sporadic Mm -hmm. she goes from one place to another did you happen to notice um she was taking a buzzfeed quiz at some point yeah and i was i was like what's she like mark herself as it was like your favorite song and she put when will my life Life begin Uh, oh my god! She really is kind of that character in the movie, just sort of waiting for stuff to happen yeah. to her. And she goes into a different world, which everyone does. I think the internet has become such a great sort of environment for that. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting that they chose. I love the use of that song. Shout out to Enya for yeah. that like really interesting piece of music. But she's just scrolling and scrolling through. It's really interesting. I think we all do this. She changes from going from her laptop to her phone Big she's move. doing a lot of the same stuff she could be doing on her laptop mm-hmm. but she just like kind of switched from one to the other that was really interesting and just like going all over the place and layering those things that she's seeing on the internet on top of each other with double exposure just to show like yeah. everything that she's been like piling on yeah and going in between it's... i think we all do that in like this digital age which like oh i'm gonna jump from instagram to watching this internet video to taking this quiz to looking at this you know this other like gift set on tumblr or mm-hmm. you know whatever is really interesting especially when you're in school and you're trying not to do homework <laughs> yeah oh most importantly this is something really interesting was that scene ends where she is on instagram and she realizes she makes the connection that kennedy who is like the popular girl she is the girl that won best eyes mm-hmm. is friends with aiden on instagram mm-hmm. so she kind of has this moment where she starts to fall she looks at aiden's stuff on instagram mm-hmm. and then she takes her hand and I'm like oh what what is this gonna be because uh-huh. I'm ready it for could it could be to- anything it could be yeah. many things and I really love the choice that was made probably at the script level for not to be like masturbatory but she practices kissing I know which really makes sense for the character too mm-hmm. is that she's so because what happens next is that her dad who we love we're gonna talk about the dad we we gotta backtrack a bit to talk about the dad, dad. but we yeah so the dad comes in just to tell her to go to that he's going to bed but he's not wearing a shirt and he's I was not like, wearing a shirt I'm like, <laughs> anyway um he he comes in and she is like not even really like committed to what she was doing but she was practicing kissing while watching stuff of Aiden she was watching like a video mm-hmm. of him flexing that video have you ever seen the one of the little boy in the bathroom he's like young pharaoh look at this god buddy <laughs> no but- I feel like I'm gonna reference too many vines in this 
episode. So the dad knocks, but she can't hear Mm because she's listening to music. And she throws her phone across the room out of embarrassment of not wanting to get caught, which I think is so sweet, especially because what she's doing is such an, like the most innocent, not that exploring your sexuality in any physical form (laughs) is not an innocent thing to do, but like probably like the most low key thing that she could have been doing. And she is just like, no. Well, that's her fault for not following the cardinal rule of you put one earbud in Mm. and you keep one out so you can listen. Yeah. Like even now, like I don't have to worry about anyone coming into my room, but I'll just do that just because I'm like... I need to be aware of yeah. my surroundings. I don't do that when I'm walking uh, down the no. street at night, though, which is probably something I should do. Living but, in the city. <laughs> but backtracking um, a little bit, before that scene, before the Enya scene, we get Kayla at dinner with her dad, mm-hmm. and she is on her phone. You know, at least they're eating their meals together, which... That's sweet. That can't be said for many people, although the food looked bland and dry. Poor, um, poor guy. <laughs> we never know until later what's up with that situation but we know that it's definitely single father mm-hmm. situation he's trying his he best he's trying his best at first it looked a little bit like jason siegel i'm like who is this man mm-hmm. he also looks like someone that i know like in real life which is kind of creepy but he's trying his best mm-hmm. one thing they accurately captured the relationship a teenager has with their parent like yeah. very kind of uh what's the not combative combative is true but also uh when you vilify someone. It starts with an A. Antagonizing? Yes, that's yeah. the one. Look at us being vocabulary Vocab. people. So yeah, the antagonistic relationship you have with your parent. But the one thing is, later we see Kayla be loving to her father. But the thing is, he gives this whole speech at the end about how much, how proud he is of her and how much he loves her. But she hasn't shown him any love throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie i feel like if we just established at first that she has like an okay relationship with her dad and it's only when she's feeling this really big bouts of anxiety because she she definitely has anxiety oh yeah she never says it but it's definitely there i don't know just to con just to we only see her being kind of mad at her dad and then he's like oh but you're such a great kid i love you and then she finally hugs him my mom would smack me upside the head if i had my phone and earbuds in at oh the dinner yeah table. right that was never a thing i never felt compelled to do so i think like that's one of the most indicative scenes of like that generation is yeah, just the gap can't even like have a conversation with the person that's responsible for your existence right you know and you can tell there was just this like physical energy that she was giving off of like retreating back into the phone when he was starting to really like be nice to her and Mm -hmm. compliment her and try to demonstrate how much he loves her poor guy was just trying to make conversation about like oh it's the last week of eighth grade huh right very Uh exciting but she just was like not having it but i like that he his character mark hamilton i believe is the actor's name Mm -hmm. was like really good at like balancing how it was like he's a dorky dad but it's believably dorky yeah it's not like a parody that you see on television when like there's this that that jimmy fallon sketch they does all the time that's a pretty annoying called too cute or like so cute or whatever where Uh it's like him and like a celebrity and if it's a man they go and drag Mm -hmm. and if it's a woman they just do it and they're pretending to be teenage girls who have a talk show oh yeah yeah. it's annoying it's not very good sorry jimmy it's just not good (laughs) but the thing that they do is they have a stepdad that comes in i think his name's like rick or something Mm -hmm. or i'm just making that up but there's a stepdad (laughs) that always comes in is trying to be like in with it and try to like get the culture but it's like super over the top 
Yeah. And almost like, yeah, we're just making fun of dorky dads where this dad to me was like, he's dorky. But he also kind of like lays down the law a little bit when like he's trying to tell her like give her the speech he's like you have to let me say this one thing right you can't fight me on it yeah so there is some like i really like that was this up for best screenplay i don't don't think so no it wasn't that's that's a damn shame it is because it's really realistic in that way and i've never seen like an argument or just like a little parental spat take that turn of like you gotta listen to me speaking of jimmy fallon Mm -hmm. that was actually one of the things that during the Enya scene yeah she's fine so she's got she's watching a slime video Jimmy I wrote Jimmy Kimmel but I meant Jimmy Fallon um she also was following some uh, Harry Potter tumblers yes (laughs) glad that the legacy lives on right now some of the kids I was watching uh last week we were talking about Harry Potter Mm -hmm. they were talking about the different houses they're like the brave kids go to Ravenclaw the evil kids go to Slytherin the talented kids go to... Oh, wait. The brave kids go to Gryffindor. Gryffindor. And then the talented kids go to Ravenclaw. And they're like, and the dumb kids go to Hufflepuff. Oh, no. <gasps> I think I think Kayla was a Hufflepuff. Or maybe a Ravenclaw. She's very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, if we had if we had. Well, she's choose. got those moments where she just like does ballsy things that I wouldn't even do now. Right. So before Kennedy's mom invites Kayla over to their house for Kennedy's birthday for the pool party and she mentions, your dad was really helpful. And then when Kayla goes over to Kennedy's house, you don't hear it, Mm -hmm. but you see the mom is kind of like, where's your dad at? She's thirsty. She's thirsty. And like, I think any other movie would have milked that for all it's worth. You would have heard it. You would have had her be like, oh, so Mark, what are you doing later? But no, it just like leaves it that but that's just another little layer i don't know i like that adds to it is she probably wouldn't have even approached kayla had she not known about her dad yeah you in the yellow shirt she didn't even know her name yeah and it's important in that scene she's talking to kayla from the driver but the closest person to her is Kennedy in the passenger seat. And mm-hmm. Kennedy is giving her not even the time of day. No, Kennedy gives no fucks. Kennedy does not care. I like Kennedy's character as the idea of, we'll get to this at the very end, but she is not actively a mean girl. Mm-hmm. She just is mean in the way that is almost in a weird way kind of worse is that she's just, um, there's a confrontation later. But basically she's just an interesting character because she's just sort of popular, I think, by design mm-hmm. by result of just the way that she was made yeah um the way that she was born the way that she is right no um, so many people like that <laughs> we don't ever know that much about her like does she play sports we kind of get the idea that maybe her family is wealthy because oh she definitely they us, have a fucking pool <laughs> they have a pool a beautiful home and like a, a range rover or something yeah. <laughs> they drive up in a really big black suv big and I'm like, SUV. that's an escalate yeah um which is often a thing but we don't get that much information about her but she's mm-hmm. not really receiving of poor Kayla who's just doing nothing but nicer and Kayla is clearly so uncomfortable with being invited when she's like Kayla doesn't like me Mm -hmm. that's what she says to her dad her dad Mm -hmm. mentions the party and she's like well I'm not gonna go because Kayla doesn't even like Kennedy Kennedy right too many case too many case Kennedy doesn't even like me and he's like what you should go anyways so yeah she gets invited and then we have listen before she even is at the house I think she looks like she's about to cry and I felt that so much you know also little side note 
my middle school bully was named Kennedy. <laughs> oh, that's the name. And she actively bullied me, right? Mm-hmm. Like one time, I don't know what I did. She was just like really kind of malicious towards me. And then we we're playing some like sport in PE. I get her out. Like, I think it's like a dodgeball or sprout ball or something. And she calls me either, and this is her quote, either a fucking decor or a retarded decor. But she yells that out at me, right? And at that time, I was a pretty like innocent, I guess. What's that second word? I've never heard that before. Is it a core? Oh, dick whore. I thought you were saying decor. And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Me? No, dick dick whore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then what's so funny is that, so my middle school experience, and then we could talk about our middle school experiences more because like, God, that, that time. Yike. Yikes. So, um, eighth grade, I had finally, it was the weirdos, you know, the anime, but like, it was finally a group of friends that liked me for me and Mm -hmm. I could be as weird as I wanted to be around them. So that was in one town. And then I moved. So for high school, I was in a whole different school district mm-hmm. and I was so upset. I was like crying. I'm like, I can't like leave my friends. And then I go to my first class at this new high school and he was in there, but Kennedy. And I'm like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. However, because like in middle school, I guess you're in the same class with like the same people more often, but then mm-hmm. high school is just like all over the place. Um, so that was the only class I had with her. We never like made amends. I didn't apologize because I didn't have anything to apologize for. Nah. Not to say that I wasn't a, I was probably someone's bully in middle school and I didn't even know that, but that's mm. a whole different conversation. But like just by the end of the school year, like, I don't know, we were partners on like a project or something and like all was well. She never talked about it, but she was like cool with my existence finally. I'm like, great, love it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also something to be said going back to like the intertwining of like the digital themes throughout this is the idea of like an antagonist if you want to call kenny that kennedy that who doesn't bully she just ignores Mm -hmm. which is kayla's worst fear yeah is less of someone i mean we certainly have trolls online there are people that are actively like in the digital age being mean to people. But I think for her, it's the idea of that she's not getting noticed. So we have the pool party and she shows up. I don't think Kennedy even says anything to no, her. No, I don't think she knows she is there until she gives her the gift. <laughs> Which I'm sure was a perfectly nice gift. <laughs> right. But before that happens, we meet Gabe. Oh my God, I love Gabe. Gabe. Ah! So Gabe is kennedy's cousin Mm -hmm. so kayla goes in she dives in she sort of like retreats the side of the pool Mm -hmm. she doesn't know what to do which is kind of sad because i love swimming and there's like twenty seven thousand things that people are doing they got noodles they They, got nerf guns they they got got fucking doritos in the pool which is a crime also everyone's wearing bikinis kayla's wearing a one piece Mm -hmm. god that was me i yeah and like listen like my body i look at pictures of myself in eighth grade and i'm like i hated my body so much but like I was fine, mm-hmm. but I would go to my friend's house and they like had a pool. I would wear a t-shirt over my like swimsuit because I was that scared. Yeah. We can talk about more about like Kayla and her like struggle with confidence, but also her ability to be brave. Yeah. I think the, one of the ways that she does that subtly, she wears lots of bright colors. Yeah. She wears lots of yellows and she wears a bright green. Mm-hmm. So, so even though it's a one piece, like you know where she is. Yeah. Which I just thought was interesting is like she can be confident. She has the ability to do that. And I think that's something that's really sweet about her character. And you see that I think in her choosing to wear. It's such an interesting dynamic to have her covering herself mm-hmm. and walking so timidly to the pool but her 
swimsuit is literally like bright. Look at me. Green. Because no one else is wearing, you don't notice anyone else's swimsuits other than they're not a one piece. I yeah. can't tell you what else anyone's mm-hmm. wearing. Oh, and another thing, um, mm-hmm. we got a brief shot of the student body earlier when they were doing the assembly. All the girls I noticed in that scene are wearing shorts. And then I'm like, oh, I see one pair of girls' legs that aren't wearing shorts. And it's Kayla. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So ways to stick her out. So she goes to the side. Out from under the water pops Gabe. Gabe is wearing, just when we're talking about the choices of costume for this, bright orange goggles with the nose cover. Yes. like snorkeling goggles. He just starts talking to her Mm -hmm. about holding her breath and all this silly stuff. And wants to engage with her and then they kind of introduce ourselves and he's kind of awkward too but the note i have about gabe is that he doesn't care yeah he's literally doing handstands in the pool which aren't hard but he makes them seem like they're hard yeah he's like (laughs) the curtain is too rough there's too many people in the pool he's really like analyzing all of the different like environmental factors that go into doing a good handstand yeah he doesn't care that he's talking to a complete stranger and it's like i'm gonna do these handstands and i love playing with opposites in film. Mm-hmm. I think it's really an interesting choice to make. And Gabe has his own sense of awkwardness, but funny enough, it's endearing and sort of validating for Kayla. But in that moment, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do some handstands. You want to join me in some hand- Let's have a, a breath-holding contest. Right. Like, he's just so out there. Mm-hmm. And there isn't this thought of, like, what do I look like? What do I care? And, like, maybe there's body image stuff going on there, I'm sure, for boys at that age, too. But he seems less in tune with that. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of doing his own thing of, like, everyone else is, like, engaging with other people. And he also seems really content with kind of being by himself. I Yeah, and just being his like weirdo self. Yeah. And I love it. So then after that, they exchange the gifts. And then Kayla, after a weird interaction, like she is very nervous because Kennedy doesn't really like the gift that Kayla gave her. You see, she's trying to call her dad to pick her up while everyone else is in the other room doing karaoke or watching a movie. She's just like, dad, dad, come pick me up. Then... Aiden comes in. They exchange like maybe two words. She's all her awkward self. It's okay. She's cute. (laughs) And then throughout the movie, you know, we get these like little audio or video clips of her doing her videos. And she's talking about confidence and just like sometimes you just got to do balls to the wall. You just got to make yourself confident. It's like fake it till you make it, you know, just Mm -hmm. do something confident and then you will become confident. And she goes into the living room and she does the karaoke and she's smiling. And I'm like, yes. We get that shot of Gabe who's looking so pleased as punch. Right. So like, hey, look at this girl. She's doing her thing. And I love the choice of not making him like a romantic interest either. Oh, yeah. He just is looking at her so endearingly like, hey, this is this cool front. I kind of wish we knew what song she was singing. I want to know what her music taste right, is. Right, they blurted it out. And I'm like, maybe because they didn't want to get rights to anything else. No, 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 no. The other thing too, while we're talking about the voiceover, that was one of my favorites is she's doing the video before she goes to the pool party. We have to assume she made up this story, but she's basically talking about herself going to this pool party where it's about making new friends. Yeah. And she tells this story, I put air quotes around that, of her dad making her invite a weird girl at mm-hmm. school and not knowing who she was and actually liking her Mm -hmm. once she got to know 
the weird girl. Mm-hmm. So she even puts on this persona of, I have lots of friends, I'm really popular. But I mean, the whole point of the videos is she needs to listen to her own yeah. advice, right. which is really interesting. But that one was particularly interesting because we know that she ba- she made that up, or at least what she's telling us is what she wants to have happen yeah. to her, which I thought was an interesting choice of how to display like her feelings about going to this party. She wants people to warm up to her. Right. And you also bring up like how she doesn't have friends. And that's another thing I know is a lot of these, like the John Hughes movies are like just movies about young people in general. They'll have like either a best friend or a group of friends. In this, she's sailing solo. No which, siblings, no one. No one. Even now, I'm like 20. I'm living in the city and like, I got you, you know, mm-hmm. but you live in Brooklyn, so fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> but it's all the more harder when you don't have people to lean on. Mm-hmm. And she's just navigating all this by herself. And then after the pool scene, we see her, she's writing in this journal and she writes two columns, what I want and what I'm going to do to get it. And in the what I want, it's like a boyfriend or confidence. She says friends and then more friends and then a best friend. friend. And I'm like, God, that rings so true. Like I watch shows like Broad City and it's about like best friends. I'm like, I crave that more than anything else really. Mm-hmm. And in the like what I'll do, which is like a very smart thing to do. Like this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do get it. In the what she's going to do to get it. One of them is get a new hairstyle, which I wish we would have seen. <laughs> like, yes, get that like shave off the side of your head, maybe. I don't something know. something wild. When we're talking about brave choices that I wouldn't have done, mm-hmm. the, what she does right after that is she sees Kennedy and her friend Sav or Sev, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And she sees them walking. She's in the cafeteria and she immediately closes the binder because mm-hmm. one of her choices of how to get there is to go and talk to people Mm -hmm. which is the scariest thing for even adults to do so the fact that she's doing it in eighth grade on her own is insane so she goes and she is talking to kennedy thanking her for going to the pool party what i love about kayla is that she has this idea of being like a genuinely polite person that is lost sometimes in social media Mm -hmm. like i was thinking about how with the facebook invite for the party it's like i used to love making invitations for people to go to my parties or my birthday parties Mm -hmm. and that's like uncool (laughs) <laughs> to Kennedy right to do. Yeah. and so now Kayla's going she's thanking her and both her and her friend are on their phones they're not even making eye contact with her where they're they're standing like three feet away from each other which like, that seemed a little bit I'm like okay like we get it but yeah it's a little like yeah. she Heavy doesn't handed. smell you know right yeah she's fine she thanks her and then Kayla says that I have a letter to give you to thank you for everything mm-hmm. um we don't know what it says we never know what it says mm-hmm. but it's a little piece of paper that she folds up and then she's also trying to like compliment them on their shirts they're just not giving her anything to work with mm-hmm. they're just like thank you when she's talking to the friend she compliments her on her shirt and she doesn't even respond thank you she just looks at her and goes what didn't she- even hear well, the friend gives her a little smile like a little like yeah like a pity smile a pity smile yeah and then we get the scene in the hallway of the school shooter drill and then we get the scene in the classroom everyone has to go on their under their desks the lights are out and this is another ballsy move by kayla she goes over to eight and she just crawls her way over there she's the only one who moves closer to her friend which that's weird i guess Mm -hmm. that no one else would do it and then 
Oh, listen, at the, when this part happened, I had to pot secondhand embarrassment. Even though I embarrass myself all the time on the daily, I cannot handle secondhand embarrassment. So she's talking to Aiden because the girl beforehand was like, he broke up with his last girlfriend because she wouldn't send him dirty photos. Mm-hmm. So she goes over to Aiden and is like, oh, this is so funny. I wanted to open up this, but I accidentally opened my dirty photos folder. And then finally he looks at her and he's like, do you give blowjobs? He's just the grimiest, just the worst. And so when she starts saying my dirty photos, I just had, I had to pause and I had to leave. I had to grab some carrots. It was... It's also really gross to me, like, to think of kids that age. I know that they were all thinking those sorts of things, or just, like, starting to. And I was like, boy, nobody is, we're not, this is not happening for you. If this movie teaches people anything, I hope it's for young girls that boys, especially boys your fucking age, especially boys older, it just they ain't fucking shit. Don't try to do anything for them because all they want is to get in your pants and that's it. And like, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your personality is. It doesn't matter what your morals are. Like it never do. They're just little horn dogs. Right. Never do anything for them. It's not worth it. Do it for yourself. Or if you're going to do it for another person, do it for like your best friend or mm-hmm. like a girl, like another girl. Cause she'll actually care. I'm yeah. sorry. This is just what we believe, it's, but it's just, uh, I was really grossed out by that. And I know uh, yeah. that, like, listen, we both know that boys that age are that way. So it wasn't like it was like, oh, that didn't ring true for me. It totally did. I was yeah. like, these... Especially, so well, someone earlier was jerking off. They're like, ew. Like, that, I can't Tristan. even believe. No, Tristan with his head also in his shirt. Like his To head. a puberty video where there's not even the diagrams yet? Come on, Tristan. <laughs> Tristan, up your game. That's really brave. <laughs> that is brave to just and full lo- on be jerking off that is in a dark brave. classroom. That is very brave. I also really love the use of the girl who's like, Tristan, are you masturbating <laughs> she really uses the correct well because there. you got to at that age you're first learning all these things so kayla after this she tries she looks up on youtube she doesn't even go an incognito window um how to give a blow job that's gonna she's be learning a, she's learning on youtube though i'm glad she didn't go to like porn well i don't think she knows what that is because at that True. age i didn't know what that was i was a pretty sheltered kid mm-hmm. i kind of knew like in seventh grade health class learning how to like contract STDs or something and they're like you could do it through oral sex and to me oral meant oral report like speaking yeah so I'm like what the heck does oral sex mean and the teacher she's like it's when you put your mouth in someone's genitals and the face I made I was disgusted it made me so upset and then the next year I watched that Tim Burton movie Dark Shadows mm-hmm. and it's heavily implied in that movie that Helena Bonham Carter's character goes down on Johnny Depp my face was a five-act play in that theater seat I was like what's she doing is she gonna oh but they wouldn't show that in a in a movie it's PG-13 oh no she's definitely <gasps> oh gross like all that in like the span of a second i had a really hard time for some reason i always wanted to go see movies that my parents would have to go see with me and then not know what the sex stuff was and they would just you know don't watch movies with your parents is the the lesson yes yes. i've seen too many movies that were like way beyond my age range that i just was like the sex things right with my parents i remember though this is really sad fifth grade 
fifth grade okay guys this movie takes in she's in eighth grade fifth grade there was this kid in my class who always was talking about 69ing i went up to my male teacher and in absolute exasperation for the fact that this person kept i was like what is it i can't it's just a number like can you please like i hated not being in the know of things and they thought it was super super funny oh no and he literally was like you need to talk to your parents about it and i was like right move right move by the teacher but when he said it it still didn't click in my head that it was a sex thing truly so like that really speaks to our upbringing so the fact that Aiden is like, do you give blowjobs? Uh, really, buddy? Really? Well, I think boys are exposed to it a little younger. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there's this sociologist, Dr. Gail Dines. I don't agree with everything that she believes in because I'm pretty sure she's trans exclusionary. But she has a really good lecture on YouTube and she also has like a truncated version, which is a TED talk, but it's about the insidiousness of the porn industry. So mm-hmm. you just gotta look up on YouTube, Dr. Gail Dines. Oh my god, it is so good. She's like, for little boys, they're like nine, and they're gonna type in boobs into Google. But what's the first thing that's gonna pop up? It's not just like a Victoria's Secret ad. It's gonna be hardcore gonzo porn, and it's gonna terrify them because they don't know what to do with this information, but it also arouses them. And because they're exposed to it so early, their threshold for stimulation is just gonna keep going to crazier and crazier extremes. It's fascinating. It's terrifying. This is another fun side. There was a Time magazine article that came out a couple years ago about how a lot of men are experiencing erectile dysfunction because of the porn industry. They deserve it. Just kidding. Literally, (laughs) though, they get so desensitized and want harder and harder and harder core material that eventually when they actually are having sex with a partner, if it's not as intense as what they've been watching on screen, they aren't able to get an erection. And so they are trying to seek even more intense sexual activity and also it leads them to sex crimes with like younger people or even pets Ugh. so folks another lesson learned here <laughs> not from the movie directly but if aiden is indicative of it, porn is bad oh yeah yeah no that's just the lesson every day so back on to the movie i guess so she tries to find out what, how to give a blowjob. She is about to try it on a banana that her dad catches her is like, you hate bananas. She's like, no, watch me eat it. And she's like, Blah, it's gross. She hates it. I will give her props though. She found a YouTube video that was by a female sexologist. Right? I was like, she really went, she went a couple videos down and really would like, yeah. she chose. Right. She didn't, she, there, cause there's one other one was like porn stars show you how, like that was one yeah. of the video titles. So, oh, so I good put for you, Kayla. one of my notes, it is literally all in caps. Don't practice in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Poor thing. Oh, man. I love the pan of the bananas, though. She goes to the fridge first. Right. And then you slowly see the camera go. A conveniently placed bowl of fruit with bananas on top. She hates the banana. And then she was looking up after things that are shaped like bananas. I know. Oh, my God. Not even like things shaped like dicks. Just things shaped like bananas. When the dad, when you first see his like head in the door of the window, I audibly was like, no, 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 no. A secondhand embarrassment. I just can't deal. So then she prays to God. She's like, tomorrow needs to be good. I I don't care if any other day is bad. Tomorrow needs to be good because tomorrow she's going to be shadowing someone at the high school. And this is where we meet Olivia. And what a Mick freaking gem. We love her. Olivia's just perfect. And like, what a great character to be introduced at that time. Yeah. During the story. Yeah. She's nothing but sweet. I mean, this is kind of the, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but this is kind of the vibe that I like 
to give off. Mm -hmm. I was an RA and I was helping freshmen, you know, come into our school. When I was in high school, you know, I was president of my school's GSA. I was also like doing all this like intro stuff to the new kids. And that's what they think is cool. Yeah. When you're just a nice, decent person, which is an invaluable thing to be. Absolutely. Like... I forgot until I watched it the second time. I, for some reason, thought, because I remembered the shadow scene that Olivia was only a freshman and it was like, after the first year, we're going to have you shadow. She's a senior. Yeah, because they say four years later, which makes the other scene (gasps) scary. I'm going to cry again. Yeah, that was really bad. But for now, let's talk about how great Olivia is. Oh, yeah. She hugs Kayla, is very like, I want to tell you about any questions you have. It's a really well-composed scene after they first meet. She's walking down the hall, Mm -hmm. and Kayla gets to see Olivia interacting with all sorts of people. Mm -hmm. People are talking to her. Olivia is asking questions to classmates, and Kayla's getting this impression of like, oh, wow, this girl's like, really cool right and she has friends and people to talk to also kayla's outfit for the shadow so cute yeah oh my gosh look at her go and then of course olivia is cute and then we have that's what my hair looked like when i was a senior you really oh hot oh i think i saw when you showed me like i don't know some i'm gonna have to see more i want to see more that was about that length and that was when i finally figured out like the great way to like do curly hair mm-hmm. curly hair but like manageable i love your hair it's thank so you cute. thank you very much but that's i was like oh yeah that she looks she looks kind of like me right it's, um she's just great. so sweet and just a nice person but very you, honest it's like she's like yeah there's gonna be parts of school that suck and it feels really genuine but she even so later their conversation gets carried on to at home when they exchange numbers which is so sweet and then oh and also upon first meeting olivia's like oh you're so cute i love you can we hug we're gonna hug like we're we're, we're gonna be friends right and so they exchange numbers and then kayla's anxious about calling her but then she falls to the wall she calls her olivia's like well that's why i gave you my number so we can talk and they have like a genuine just phone conversation olivia thinks nothing but good things of kayla which she deserves Mm -hmm. and then olivia invites her to hang out with her friends at the mall which i don't think high school seniors hang out at the mall anymore but you know maybe they were going down memory lane i remember when going to the mall was a huge thing there are no good malls in the city no it's an ambiguous location where this is we know Mm. it's the suburbs yeah i was trying to figure out you know is this cell in california there's no palm trees no palm trees i was thinking like new jersey something like new jersey connecticut something on the east coast i get the mall but also as someone who grew up in a small town where there's nothing to do oh true 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 going downtown going to where at least stores are, or at least where you could go to like a Starbucks and hang out for hours. And like the that's what people kind of do. Dated. The small is very old, and you see like the old Wendy's sign. I used to work yeah. at Wendy's. <laughs> hey, shout out to Wendy's. So I get that. That makes yeah. sense. But we do see that they can drive and like they can go to places. Mm-hmm. And then we meet Olivia's friends. Which why is she friends with these people? <laughs> Trevor. First and foremost, they're like, oh, why are we having this triathlon for a dead kid? No one cared about him when he was alive. Yeah, so this guy's like an ass. Just a loud ass. Then uh, her other friend. But Olivia is actively against his assholery. Yes. Then there's Anaya. She has a little feminist necklace, which is cute. Mm -hmm. And then there's Riley, who's just kind of quiet the whole time. We don't see them go around the mall. They're just kind of sitting, eating. And then they just have a discussion and Kayla's just kind of absorbing it all, being very quiet. She has a couple of asides with Riley. 
Trevor is like kind of weirded out by Kayla as like he thinks that she would be wired differently is Which, the word he uses. I don't think he's totally wrong. He's making a good point. He's an ass, but he's an ass yeah. at the point. <laughs> and Olivia is really trying to defend her. He's saying that she should be wired differently because she's got a four-year age difference. Mm-hmm. So she might not be connecting with everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And he has that thing where he asks like, when did you get a Snapchat? And of yeah. course we see Kayla sort of like, oh. And she says fifth grade, which wild. Either that's a lie or like, what the hell? No, I don't think it's a lie. You think fifth? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I did see that boy on the train. Right. It's just wild to me, just the way that she said it, because Mm -hmm. who knows when she got things. But either way, Snapchat at fifth grade is Mm -hmm. the is the information we're told. And they're like, wow, this is crazy. And Olivia, this is again why we think she's so sweet is she's like, it shouldn't matter Mm -hmm. that she's a different age. Like she's really cool and I really like her. And the thing I like about Olivia is she, I think is a lot of who Kayla wants to be. Oh, of course, yeah. But also something we see that she is very honest about in the phone conversation is like, she was awkward and she was different. She's not perfectly flawless either. Bo Burnham talks a lot about in the film the idea that no one in this film is a poet laureate. Yeah. No one's super articulate and well-spoken. Everyone's just like awkward Mm -hmm. and weird. Even the vice principal who's announcing those superlatives. Like everyone's just like a mess. Mm -hmm. Oh, and he does a dab. Ugh, mess. Anyway. That was a mess. So everyone's kind of a mess. But Olivia is awkward still, but in a way that is approachable more to mm. Kayla. And I think that that's really sweet. It's, she's not perfect. Well, because she's just being a nice she's person. She's just being a nice person. <sighs> Which, as soon as they got in the car... Oh, but before the car, Dad is creeping up on the people. Yeah. She tells Dad to go away. She Which gets, is how she gets the ride home. She gets a ride home. Riley's driving. Olivia's in the passenger seat and Kayla's in the back. And at first, Olivia's like, let's drive Kayla home first. I thought it's because she wanted to be alone with Riley and get her freak on. Mm-hmm. But she just, I guess, wanted her home safe first because yeah. Olivia is pure. Olivia cares. <laughs> but then because Olivia's closer... <sighs> She's dropped off first and he's like, it's awkward talking to you in the back. And I'm like, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then yeah. he, she doesn't go into the front. Kayla doesn't go in the front. He goes in the back with her. He stops the car. I, he stops driving. This is the most heartbreaking scene I've seen. I'm going to cry. In film in a very long time. I am, because it's too real. It's, it's too real. too real not being a Kennedy. I don't think either of us were Kennedys in yeah. our time growing up. Any attention you get from a guy is exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Even now, you know, self-esteem for everyone is such a warped concept. So when you're not quote unquote conventionally beautiful, but we are beautiful, everyone's beautiful. But like when you don't grow up with that same level of attention, if you get attention from a man, say get catcalled, there's the instinctive like, ew, gross, but also a little part of you feels validated, which right. is the worst. Yeah. So Kayla's feeling all this, and then he does a fucking stupid truth or dare, which also it shows. I hate that game, by the way. Objectively, not my favorite. Not a good I'm, game. <laughs> not yeah. a good game. I'm not any fun at it. You have to. And I'm, he's a bad truth or dare player. He didn't put the quarter in his mouth. Um, That's no, the dare. That's the dare, man. And then he takes off his shirt and he asks her to take off her shirt. Which, by the way, was not a dare that she gave him. Mm -mm. He decided to dare himself. (laughs) Like Napoleon Dynamite, do you dare me to go talk to her? He asks her, the first thing is like, how far have you gone Mm -hmm. for her truth? And she's just so noticeably uncomfortable. It's just like, why, 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 why is this happening to me? So he asks her to take her shirt off. 
And, and he's she, he's about to graduate high school or become a senior. Yeah. Probably. But like, oh, so it's a disgusting age gap. My interactions with men, so I didn't start like being intimate or anything with guys until after I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. But no matter how old they are, boys are all the same. Boys are all stupid. I'm sorry if you're a boy. You know what? I'm not even going to apologize to you. Apologize to me first, bitch. <laughs> y'all need to fix yourselves. Well, fix yourself. And also, y'all think you're being like slick or swap. It's never. I can like visibly see the second when you're like, okay, now I'm going to put on the moves. And yeah. now I'm going to try to actively get in your pants. And no one is charming in high school. You think you are. It's no, no. Literally. Well, it's charming when they're not actually interested in you and they're just being a genuine person to you. But that's a I concept. hope that the men listening are writing this down. Right? I know, I know. Just, like, this is what we want. You made me think of like my first time and even times after that, you know, you're in an uncomfortable situation. She has the balls though to say no explicitly. And I yeah. was... Clearly, I was crying in relief at this point. I was so happy. So she says no. And this is my worst nightmare. He gets out and he storms out of the car and gets back in. And we cut to them now. They're driving away. And he says probably one of the worst things a man could ever say to anyone ever. He tries to make her feel bad. Gaslighting. The the gaslighting in this is insane. Well done as a writing from perspective of how to make this like, if we're looking at this from Kayla's point of view, like what the hell is even happening right now? Mm -hmm. Like, should I be flattered? Should I be offended? Whatever. But she knows where she's uncomfortable. But he says to her, I wanted this to be a good first time for you so that you don't have to hook up with some asshole in high school and then you're not good at it. And then he tells everyone, I and he was says, ju- I did this for you. you. Yeah. This is gonna get, I guess, a little TMI, but so my first time, it was a trial and error situation. I was like, okay, I clearly I'm not ready for this, Mm -hmm. but he's like, no, 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 we're gonna do it. And he says to me, one day, you're gonna make some guy feel real good. And I I felt some type of way after (laughs) hearing that, but instead of saying, what about me? When am I gonna make me feel good? I said, Mm -hmm. or a girl. Mm-hmm. To which he replied, oh, maybe you could like invite her over. And I wanted to deck him in the face, but did not have the balls that Kayla does. Yeah. She goes home. She cries and her dad comforts her. Yeah. And what then, another good use of sound editing then. Yeah. It's just a lot of like warping sound. This is like the sound of anxiety, really. Yeah. Truly. And then we hear the audio begin of a, another one of her videos mm-hmm. overplaying from him just discovering her in this state. We don't know what, what she tells him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is terrifying. I don't think she tells him I what don't... happened. No. And then she gets a message from Gabe. Gabe! And, you know, a glimmer of hope. And she also looks at her eighth grade box and she watches a video from herself saying, you're the coolest person, asking all these questions. It's just... It's such a good like way to wrap it up. And then she graduates eighth grade. She has a little friend dinner chicken nugget date with Gabe. They talk about Brooke and Morty, which made me want to vomit, but you know what, whatever. They That's an age demographic for them. Right. It makes sense. They connected. And then it ends with her recording another video for her high school self. That was really (sighs) sweet. It was just... I'm happy for her and I'm so glad like she found out now when like things like sex and relationships are totally alien to you, your concept of it is just kind of like, oh, this is going to be great. And then she, she is like confronted with it and she realizes like, 
this isn't what I want. So then in her next video, she tells her like, do you have a boyfriend? It's okay if you don't. Just know that he has to be worthy of you. Yeah, you, he has to be nice to you. Yeah, or else he doesn't deserve you. Yeah, which is, I think, a great change because I think her sixth grade self, even the tone of voice change, she's like, do you have a boyfriend? Yeah. And it's like clear. She's like, well, maybe I can pause. Right. Pause on that. <sighs> it's just, it was a really good movie. Do you have any final thoughts? It's a great movie. I hope that this gets us a shift to see more stories about teenage girls specifically mm-hmm. and women in this time of their lives in general. It's so agonizing and Bro Burnham does that beautifully of just some of the agony that comes with coming of age. But I think it's such a fruitful space that all of us as artists, there's so much good stuff there that we can find and relate to and validate others with. Um, clearly you and I were in our 20s and we related so much to this film and mm-hmm. it's really beautifully done. I want to see more from him. I want to see more from Elsie Fisher, just really talented all across the board and I thoroughly enjoyed it Mm -hmm. even a second time yeah and i didn't mention this at the beginning but it's a clean hour and a half it's beautifully clean hour and a half time why are movies any longer no why i mean same thing i just i feel so much now just thinking about it and like it's a universal experience middle school being awful Mm -hmm. and he captured that but also the very specific ways that technology and social media can affect just growing up good job on all fronts who made this movie right okay so we are coming to the end of the show i am gonna hit you with a a little surprise punch of we gotta rate this movie now yeah but will you do it in a special way Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be plugged into my spreadsheet which you can find in our show notes Mm -hmm. and on instagram and twitter at feature friends I would say this has funny moments, but it's a drama. I agree. It's a drama. So for the drama genre, drama genre, we have three categories that you're going to rate this movie one to ten. The first being general film, like writing, directing, acting, Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. Second is the feels factor. Mm -hmm. How much did this make you feel? And then the last is its handling of its female characters. Mm. So do you want to take some time to think about your answers or what's up? No, let's just, let's go for it. Okay, so for general film. General film, I'm going to give it a solid eight. First feature from Bo Burnham, really solid writing structure, great acting. Something I want to say about it was Bo Burnham chose Elsie Fisher because he had auditioned lots of girls who were confident but playing shy, and she was shy playing confident. Oh. What a fabulous choice. And he just made, I, as a filmmaker, think about the choices all the time. Mm -hmm. And he just made really great choices that if I was doing something like this, a film like this, I probably would have made similar choices, which, or Mm -hmm. different ones, but I was really happy with what he did beautifully shot worked well for the genre so really good execution from him especially mm-hmm. as a first feature you you never know especially we don't he doesn't really have a film background so yeah. really solid eight for me love it i i would give it an eight as well mm-hmm. i it was like stylized well like i love just the zooms and the what what's the name of the band the or the singer when she's in the bed Enya. Enya, yes. The Enya scene. The only like thing I would like kind of dock it for, I guess, is it got a, li- a little heavy handed with like people staring at their phones. I don't know, especially with like Kennedy or something. Just that one scene in particular for me, uh, the hallway scene. But yeah, eight, it was yeah. really great debut. For the feels factor, 
Which nine is, and a half. Nine and a half. Really, yeah. really took me there. It was consistently a very warm film. And then when we have scenes like the one in the car, that's when you get very cringy. So you have this mix of like feeling very cringy or nostalgic, depending on your experiences with eighth grade, but then feeling warmth with characters like the dad, characters like Olivia. And that those are like, I love a good film that kind of can playfully go between all of those really well. That's when I think you know it's good. I gave it a 10. Yeah. Uh, I agree with everything that you said there, but also the scene with Riley really took me there. Mm-hmm. And I, I was crying. I like, yeah. for real, I have my tear, my my tears, my eyes are watering up like right now thinking about it. And I feel like, like I said, like anyone could really relate to this. Even if you're not a girl, even if you didn't grow up with social media, you still, it's just a very human nature kind of thing of that time of your life being the worst. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, uh, it's handling of women. I think for uh, Kayla, I think it's done very tenderly. I felt like there was definitely a tenderness there. I wish I, if it was up to me, I would have seen more female characters in it. Mm-hmm. But I do believe it passes the Bechtel oh, t- yeah. test. So that's, mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. So I'm going to give it an eight again. Love that. I, I gave it a seven for the same reasons as you. Kayla handled so well, but again, we don't get a lot of other female characters. We find out, I guess, her mom left them oh i totally skipped over the dad's whole like thing about him loving kayla so much but the dad really loves kayla yeah is... right <laughs> wait does he love kayla does he does he we're on i, th- that I think something... the dad loves kayla i think she, i think he has made it clear that's a scene that you can think about if you haven't seen the film before and look forward to seeing it later oh, you look forward to finding out if the yeah. dad loves kayla <laughs> will we know <laughs> Because um, a lot of the female characters besides Olivia are kind of antagonists. Yeah. But that's also very indicative of middle school. And that's, that a lot of that's girls how are you against view, each other. Mm-hmm, that's how you view the other girls, which fix that. <laughs> fix that. But you know what? For a male writer director, mm-hmm. it's done a lot better than even John Hughes would have been portraying. Oh. And <laughs> listen, we know it's the 80s. Those films did not age well in many ways. Yes. But considering that a white straight. He. Oh, Do here's we know? another thing. No, we know. He's one of those comedians who he can be easily perceived as gay, but he is definitely straight. Yeah. Him, John Mulaney, I love them, but like... But you know uh, what? I will always give credit where credit is due to mm-hmm. someone who has such like male-dominated control of the narrative with a female lead, and it's not done in a way that... Even that the scene with Riley was just, I think, done very beautifully yeah. in her favor so i yeah, no. he gets definitely points for me from that so yeah so points this movie out of 30 we got a 25.25 which at the time of this recording makes it the number one female drama and honestly i think it's gonna stay at a pretty high spot i think so too Thank you so much, Kara, for being on the show. I am... Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So where can people find you? Okay, I'm on Instagram as this is one word, the sassier cassier, which is the word the, the word sassier, and then my last name, which is C-A-S-I-E-R. That's how people know how to pronounce me. And then Kara Cassier is... My Twitter and my Facebook, but I'm not really on Facebook and Twitter. Who and Inst- is? Twitter and Facebook is where you can like 
learn about what I'm doing, learn about my life in the city, look at my cool sweet pics from the governor's ball last weekend. Yes! Um, that's where I do the most of my social media cultivation. Love it. And yeah. you put the cult in cultivation. <laughs> um, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Feature Femmes. There's also a Gmail. You can hit that up if you want to as well. Thank you so much for listening and have a sexy, sexy Thursday or whatever day it is. Bye.